Um, I think what I've always carried with me is just that relationships matter, right? How are we showing up for each other? How are we caring for each other? You're listening to Small Minded, the podcast that believes being small is a good thing because small steps lead to big impact, small towns have a big heart, and small businesses play a big role in our modern way of life. I'm your host, Molly Knuth, and here at Small Minded, we share stories and strategies to help small towns and small businesses flourish. Here's to a life well-lived, being small-minded. Hey, listener, welcome to a very special episode of the Small Minded Podcast. Today we sit down with a guest who I am just so inspired and humbled by. Like seriously, I have tried to record this intro. I'm on recording number 11 right here because I I just cannot physically put into words how amazing and how needed and how necessary her mission is. So today we sit down with Robin Boudreaux of the No Foot Too Small organization. And at No Foot Too Small, their mission is to draw awareness to pregnancy loss and infant mortality while encouraging the celebration of angels. And I know that this may be a sensitive topic for a lot of you as listeners, so I completely understand if it maybe is too heavy for you at this time or in this moment. But for all of us who have either gone on this journey or you know someone who has and you've been the support system for that person, I hope in today's conversation with Robin, you hear the hope, you hear the joy, and you hear the importance of having conversations about these angels. And at No Foot Too Small, I just am so inspired by how they unite people, how they bring comfort and support to families how they celebrate the lives of these tiniest angels and are really making big change, not just in Iowa where the organization started, but truly across the entire United States. And I'm humbled to have Robin on the podcast. I am just, I, I just cannot put into words the importance of today's conversation. So forgive me if this is a very, jumbled introduction, but I am honored to have as a guest today, Robin Boudreaux of the No Foot Too Small organization. And especially as you're listening through this, if you want to support their mission, you can go to nofoottoosmall.org and we will link to that in the show notes so that you can maybe purchase a love bow angel blanket like we talk about in the episode. Maybe you want to buy tickets to the Angels in the Outfield event that's happening in late May. Maybe you want to just know how to connect with other moms who are going on this journey and you want to find support for yourself. There are just so many beautiful things that Robin and her team are offering for people who are going through this really unimaginable time. And yeah. So today I just offer up space for this conversation and yeah, thank you, Robin, for being part of the podcast today. So without further ado, let's go into my interview with Robin Boudreaux. 
Robin, welcome to the Small Minded Podcast. I am so thankful and grateful that you're joining us today in this episode. Thank you for having me, Molly. So the listeners have already heard an introduction of who you are and what you do, but I want to take it just a little bit different direction just to get started because this podcast is all about small towns, small town folk, and Robin grew up in a small town as well. And we know small is relative depending on where you're from. But can you tell us a little bit about your backstory, where you grew up and kind of who you are? Absolutely. Um, So actually, my husband and I both grew up in small town, Wisconsin. We grew up in Marshfield, Wisconsin, where we went to high school together. Um, Marshfield is, you know, 19, 20,000 in population, um, but very close knit and very centered around um, the medical facilities there. So gosh, I don't know. We were surrounded by farmland and uh, it was just, it was a really wonderful place to grow up. You knew everybody. I I remember when I left high school and moved to Minneapolis of all places, right? So a stark contrast Mm -hmm. from where I grew up. I remember walking into Target and not knowing anybody. And it was (laughs) the weirdest feeling because all of those years in Marshfield, I mean, you couldn't go anywhere without knowing everybody, which (laughs) actually gift, but yeah, a very stark contrast from high school to college. Oh, I I love that you had that experience of like growing up small town, going to the big city, kind of living life in the big town. And then now you're located in Iowa City, Iowa, which is a balance between those two population sizes of Marshfield and uh, Minneapolis. So tell us about how did you and your family become citizens of Iowa city. What did that journey look like to become in Iowan? As I shared, my husband and I grew up together. So we are high school sweethearts. We both left and went to the university of Minnesota for college. And then when it came time for him to do his postdoctorate program, he chose the university of Iowa. And so that brought us to Iowa city. And, you know, at the time I kept my six, one, two area code, my Minneapolis area code, because that well, obviously we're going back to Minneapolis, but I was wrong. We moved to Iowa city and we just, we don't ever want to leave. We really love it here. So, um, schooling brought us here and then we began to build our family and build our careers. And I was stuck with us. <laughs> well, on behalf of the state of Iowa, I'm so glad you're here. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be, I'll be the spokesperson for the state for a little bit. Um, yeah. So living in these various communities of varying sizes, what is it that you kind of like have taken with you from your small town experience? What did you learn growing up in that kind of an atmosphere about community and support systems and things like that? Because this is all going to tie into the ultimate purpose of today's discussion. Um, I think what I've always carried with me is just that relationships matter, right? How are we showing up for each other? How are we caring for each other? Um, because we will all go through seasons of abundance, seasons of struggle, seasons of seeking, right? But who is it that we're surrounded by and how are we taking care of each other? So I think that's what I personally have carried with. And I remember, you know, when we did move here and I didn't know a single soul and I needed to be very intentional about how I was going to build that network. How was I going to build my small town here in Iowa City? So, um, yeah, that's very important to me. 
I love that. How was I going to build my small town in this community? I think that's a really great way to visualize this like very, I mean, it's an experience that a lot of people have moving somewhere new and feeling like they might be alone, but you have that opportunity to build your support system, which is really important. As you said, in these varying seasons that we find ourselves as we grow. I remember even, you know, moving here, I mentioned this in Minneapolis, but moving to Iowa city and walking into target and not knowing anybody. Right. Um, and I, at that point I was used to the feeling and now I can't go into target without knowing somebody. Right. So <laughs> I built that small community and I love that I can walk into target and see somebody in the Starbucks line or, you know, whatever that might be. So uh, oh, I love that so much. All right, Robin, can you take us through the growth of your family? And talk about what you and Ryan, as you grew your family, what were your visions? And then tell us a little bit about your son, Bo. Sure. So interestingly enough, I wasn't sure when I was going to be ready to start a family. Um, in fact, Ryan and I were married for several years before we were flying home from St. Kitts. I think Ryan had to give a talk in St. Kitts of all places. And we're on this flight home and I get a text message from my college roommate that she's pregnant. And it wasn't until that moment that I knew I was ready to start a family. So that was 2010-ish. Um, 2011, we did successfully get pregnant and have our first daughter, Bella. She is amazing. Um, shortly afterwards, I thought, okay, well, we should probably get on to number two, right? We don't want them to be too far apart. And so sure enough, we were, you know, one of those fortunate couples to be able to get pregnant right away. And we did. And just as we had done during our pregnancy with Bella, uh, one of my best friends here, Abby did the ultrasound, right? The quote unquote gender check. We're going to find out if we're having a girl or a boy, because I certainly didn't know what I would do with a boy. And so on a Monday night in December um, of 2012, we went in and Abby did that ultrasound. And the very first thing we saw was that Bo was a boy, which really threw me through a loop because I thought, oh my gosh, I just got done saying, I don't know what I would do with a boy, but here he is. And then just as quickly as we found out he was a boy, we also found out that he was missing most of his skull, that he had cleft palate, that he had a lot of abnormalities. And so it went from processing, oh my gosh, what am I going to do with a boy to, oh my gosh, what am I going to do without this boy? And so, you know, ultimately, Bo could not survive. The extent of his defects were so, so terrible um, that he was not going to survive. In January of 2013, he was born and handed over to heaven. And as awful as that experience was, Ryan and I looked at each other and we simply said, we can wallow in our grief or we can choose to live in a way that would honor him. And I will admit that in that moment, we didn't know what that meant, right? We didn't know if that meant, you know, once a month, we're going to do something for Bo or lo and behold, we're going to start this, you know, growing nonprofit. Uh, we just know that we needed to do something. Uh, fast forward a year later, um, we were coming upon what would have been Bo's first birthday. And to know me is to know that I'm a gatherer and I love pulling people together and building that community. And I really love hosting a party. And so I thought, okay, we are going to host 
a birthday party for Bo, right? Just as we would for Bella or the son that followed Ben. And Ryan was on board. We said, yes, we're going to do this. But in the planning process, I just really began to think about the fact that we aren't possibly the only family to have ever experienced pregnancy or infant loss, right? But nobody talks about it. And so what could we do to change that? And so we decided that this birthday party would become a community event. And we would invite other families in the community, whether they're strangers or not, regardless of what type of pregnancy or infant loss they experienced to join us. And that night we would celebrate angels. So that first event happened in September of 2014. And we welcomed about a hundred guests. We celebrated 12 angels. And honestly, at the end of the night, I thought, wow, pat on the back. Like that was great. So much fun. We feel accomplished. Both feel celebrated. But then as the families were leaving, they walked up to me and said, you're going to do this again, right? And I was really kind of taken back, but also I don't typically say no. So I was like, yes, of course. (laughs) And really, honestly, Molly, from there, it is just snowball year after year, larger and larger every year. Are you going to do this again? Um, And after the first three years, we had taken all funds raised, which was about a hundred thousand dollars and gifted that to the March of Dimes. Because I had a full-time career, right? I, Ryan and I were both working full-time. We had our family. The easiest thing for us to do is to gift that money. Uh, but after three years, we just really felt a calling to define our own mission and to find a way to serve our families, right? The March of Dimes serves families experiencing prematurity, which is very important. But all of our families, our babies are deceased, right? So what is it that we do to support them now? So that is really how, how we got started and how we evolved to being our own freestanding 501c3. I think that what you're doing is so impactful. And I love that those calls just kind of came to you, like these little whispers of what could be. And you said, yes, I think that is such an amazing journey that the organization and you guys as a family and all the families you touch have taken. And I think that, as you said a little bit ago, prior to knowing about your organization, I, I can be attest to being one of those people who like, I just didn't have the conversation a lot about infant loss, or if someone was going through a struggle in their pregnancy, it just was something that, and maybe this is something that happens more so in small towns but it just wasn't talked about. And so you might hear through the grapevine and whispers like, oh, so-and-so is going through this, but it wasn't a public acknowledgement very often. And it was kind of like, keep it quiet, which can be such an isolating feeling. And I love that you and your family said, no, we're going to turn this into a celebration. And what started with celebrating your son has now been a celebration of all of these angels and all of these families and the collective experience you guys have had. Yeah, I, I'll be the first to say I didn't see this coming, right? It was just something that um, has grown so organically, but I think that that really speaks to the need. Um, mm-hmm. You know, by the end of 2019, No Foot Too Small had grown to a space and a place that was so large that I could no longer manage two full-time careers. I couldn't remain in the full-time capacity with Medtronic and also continue to lead 
this organization. So, you know, candidly, that was a really difficult emotional decision um, and required great sacrifice, but it just knew that this is where I was supposed to be. Whether or not I saw it coming, Bo certainly had a mission for me to accomplish. So here we are. Oh, and thank you to Bo for giving you this mission. That's amazing. I did have a question about like his first birthday party. How did you connect and like get in touch with these families who wanted to celebrate angels? Was it like a process of you told a person who then told people and it spread like that? Or did you do some active, like saying, we're going to join at this place and you can come and celebrate with us? Um, actually, I don't know if it was simple. I don't know if it was as thorough as it should have been, but I, I just reached out to the Iowa City Moms blog, right? Mm-hmm. I thought, how do I reach the greatest number of moms um, mm-hmm. are the ones experiencing this loss? Um, and so I reached out to Iowa city moms blog. They were very welcoming. I shared my personal story and just said, whatever your loss looks like, I welcome you to join us. And they did. And a lot of them reached out and said, well, my story is this, does it matter or does it fit or whatever? And, and that is what has always been so important to me is it doesn't matter if you experienced a miscarriage at eight weeks or you delivered a stillborn baby at full term, Right. Whatever that experience is, is your experience and it's your perspective. And it's not less important or less emotional or less valuable than somebody else's. So everybody was always welcome. I think that just brings us full circle to what you started with and learning that relationships matter and just holding space for people, no matter where they are in their journey or how they came to be in this place, it's giving them the supports they need and being there and creating those relationships. So powerful. So tell us a little bit, we talked about the evolution of no foot too small. So as of today, 2022, here we are, what is no foot too small today? What's your mission and what are some of the supports that you currently offer for families going through this grief journey? Sure. So the mission we like to say is simple. The mission is really three pillars to celebrate, to unite and to build. Um, So we celebrate angels first and foremost, most important thing we do is celebrating those babies. Second is to unite families. So again, going back to building that community, hosting programs and events that bring people together. And then lastly, to build, to build birthing and bereavement suites nationwide to really focus on designing, implementing, offering labor and delivery suites that are designed for families who don't get to bring their babies home, right? How do we provide those spaces that are further away from LND that we're not listening to the healthy cries of newborn babies uh, when we're holding one that's deceased, right? What does that look like? So celebrate, unite, and build. How do we do that? Well, um, (laughs) this is going to be such a simple answer. I just know it. I can feel it. (laughs) Um, We have 13 programs or events on the calendar this year alone. The smallest of those is probably 125 attendees. The largest is well over 600. Um, So a wide range of programs and events, just because we want to offer something for everybody, right? Maybe you're really into the extravagant gala. You want to get dressed and you want to have a night out with your spouse and connect with other parents. Or maybe you're just more low key and you want to go to Angels in the Outfield, right? And watch a baseball game and grandma and grandpa get to come and it's a whole family affair. 
um, but really just a wide range of programs and events. And then on top of those, we also offer mom's groups and now dad's groups, which we call the men's social club. So those support groups, men's and mom's, uh, we have a total of 57 in eight cities across the state of Iowa. So um, there is really something for everybody, whether you're needing that one-on-one -on -one conversation with an angel ambassador or attending a group. Um, I also like to clarify that our support groups aren't what you would traditionally think of as a support group. Uh, we welcome moms to join us in a private room at a restaurant with wine and appetizers. And they're really designed to feel like a group of girlfriends getting together and not a sterile-ish support group. Mm -hmm. I love this. I'm going to, if you don't mind, go into a little bit more detail yeah. on each of those. So let's start with the gala event. I, for no other reason than I attended that. So I, I remember that one from pre-pandemic times. I remember the debut gala and it is so, so powerful to see people coming together to support the families as well as the mission and walking into the room. Like the thing that stood out to me were the photos of family members, which I'll have you talk about in a little bit. And then the birthday cakes. So can you take us through that? Yeah. Um, so we just really believe you should eat dessert first. So we all <laughs> take off gala with a dessert auction. Um, a lot of local bakers will provide cakes or cookies or whatever that might look like. Um, and we always start the night with kicking that off. So uh, we love the dessert auction. And then the photos or the canvases that you're talking about are what we call our footprint photos. And it really goes back to my experience losing Bo. So I very much felt when I got home from the hospital and I wrote out our story and I shared it on my blog at the time, the next day that Yes, I had just shared his story, but I didn't get to hold him. I didn't have a picture of him. I did all I had was his footprint. That was my only proof that he existed. And so a day after I published the blog post, I asked my husband if he would hold Bo's footprint so that I could take a photo of his hand holding the footprint. And that was that was our proof, right? This was me sharing with the world my son. And so as we began hosting these events, even that very first one in 2014, I offered to capture that same photo for every single family attending. So maybe it's their footprints. Maybe they didn't even have that and it's just an ultrasound. Maybe the baby was stillborn and wore a set of pajamas, right? And mom wants to hold the pajamas. Um, but capturing that image for every family and then displaying them at the gala, right? And, and really displaying them is the reminder why we are there and the illustration that we are surrounded by angels. So yes, those are very important to us. I think, yeah, they were, like you said, it's a display that just drives home the why of the night. And you can like, there's laughter at the event. There's sadness and tears. There's stories that connect everyone, but it's all surrounded by these little angels. And I think that using those physical displays are a key part of like just the magic of the evening. Right. We agree. So are there galas? Where are the galas happening as you so, look ahead at the calendar? 
We actually only ever do one gala. So the No Foot Too Small Gala is here in Coralville. Um, it is almost always in October because October is Pregnancy and Infant Loss Awareness Month. But we do try to work around the Hawkeye football schedule. So <laughs> whenever possible, it is also on the football by weekend. Um, so that is gala. When we are in partnership with a hospital to build a birthing abridement suite, we will do a smaller scale gala, which is called a sweet social. Get it? <laughs> sweet social. And uh, we host that. <laughs> We're building suites so that we can bring the community together, right? To build a no for too small community within that community and raise funds for the suite. So this year we have just, just one gala and 2222. Okay. So I was at the Dubuque sweet social. Yes. Got it. Awesome. So we'll come back to that in a little bit and talk about how that was connected to Dubuque. Can we, um, I would love to chat about the angels in the outfield event. Cause as you said, that can bring the whole family together. So can you tell us a little bit more about that format? So angels in the outfield is really special to me because when I was younger and I was babysitting, I would often make these two little boys. I was babysitting, watch the movie angels in the outfield because I think it is the sweetest movie, right? And little JP, and he's like, it could happen. Like, it's just, it's so great. Um, and so I wanted to design an event that really was a play on that movie. But the whole idea is that we can come together as a family with or without earthly children, with or with grandma and grandpa, right? And participate in something where everybody gets to celebrate that angel. Um, I think a lot of times we put up so much focus on mom and dad being able to celebrate that baby. But if there are earthly siblings, how do they get to acknowledge and celebrate, right? How do grandma and grandpa or your best friends get to show up and also support you and celebrate that baby? So Angels in the Outfield is really just that. It's a day at the ballpark. We bring in face painters and balloon artists and all the things that make it fun for the kids, but then just build relationships with each other and watch a baseball game. So this year we're doing something different because, you know, we like to do that. Um, this year hosting those in the outfield in Cedar Rapids and in Des Moines simultaneously, same day, different ballparks. So, um, the vision is that long-term, you know, we get to a place where we are hosting these around the state and around the country mm -hmm. on the day. Oh, yeah. that is so exciting. Logistically, it's gotta be a lot to manage, but sure. what? a cool common experience that you'll be able to provide to these families from a greater region. Right. Yeah. No, we're really excited about it. And that's coming up here really quickly. That's May 22nd. So. So Very everybody quick. mark your calendars. If you're in the local area surrounding Cedar Rapids or Des Moines, Iowa, I love that. Um, do they need to pre-register or purchase tickets if people wish to attend? Yes. So, um, Typically what we see happen is that the lost family themselves will build a team. So for example, uh, we are Bo's team, um, mm -hmm. our custom t-shirts that are created. So my shirt will say Bo on the back, number 11, because he was born on the 11th. So families would need to go on, build their team. If they want shirts, order the custom shirts, and then also purchase tickets to actually get into the event at the ballpark. Okay. So now let's chat about the third way that you support families through your support groups. And I love that you made sure a little earlier to clarify that this is meant to feel like a circle of girlfriends. And 
regardless of if you've attended listeners have attended one of these no foot to small support groups. I think that we can all envision like what we may have in our head about going to a quote unquote support group and how that is a much different vision than what you would get sitting around a table with a circle of your girlfriends. And I love that just giving it that extra description can change how you approach coming and to take it from a place of maybe like you'd feel scared or nervous to now feeling like you're just coming into community and sitting with a circle of people who are there to listen and be with you and wherever you're coming to the circle. Yes. We love mom's groups. Um, and also the newly formed men's social club, although I do not get to sit in on those, Um, (laughs) but yeah, you know, that the support groups really started years and years ago when the university of Iowa came to me and suggested that, that I should be hosting these. Um, and at the time they offered me up very generously, you know, a free space in the basement of the hospital and, you know, it was ours to use and whatever capacity we needed. But I just felt very strongly that not a single one of us wants to go back to the hospital, right? Uh, we certainly don't want to feel like a patient. We don't want to feel like there's something wrong with us or that we did something wrong. And so really providing this warm, welcoming space whenever possible, including a fireplace, right? That we can come to just as girlfriends is, is very important to me. Um, I will say it's, it's still nerve wracking to show up, right? It's still scary when you've never been there before. And there are plenty of times that we know of women who pull into the parking lot and never come in, right? Or it takes them a long time. But I don't know that we've ever had someone who made it into their room regret it. And really the philosophy is once you get in there, you don't have to say a word. You don't have to share at all, right? But you will hear every spectrum of loss. Um, and, I, and I would bet that at some point in that conversation, you say, oh my goodness, I connect with her. Now I have the courage to share my story, right? And to be in a place where there is no judgment and everybody's welcome, I think is just so, so important. I think that's, I love the way that you've structured all of these to provide various levels of support and especially in this small group format. And as you said, it could even be over a cup of coffee. But I just love that you're meeting people where they are right. and putting yourself or positioning no foot too small to provide for all of these. I would add um, your thought there reminded me, we have angel ambassadors around the States. We actually have a dozen angel ambassadors, 11 women, one man, and they show up to all of those moms groups, right? So they are there to facilitate and to listen to hug, to cry, to laugh, all of those things. But if you are listening and you are not ready to show up to a group, the angel ambassadors also meet with lost families one-on-one. For years, that was me. I met with every single family one-on-one, right? We went and got coffee or a glass of wine or whatever that might be. But now we do have that family of angel ambassadors who are there and ready and willing to sit and to listen. And so if we have a listener who is identifying with the message and the mission, and maybe they've experienced this type of loss. What is your suggested way to reach out to an angel ambassador to set up a meeting? A message can always be sent to us through our Facebook page, right? And we can forward it on from there. Otherwise, on our website, we do have a team link 
um, in which we have photos of all the ambassadors, all of their email addresses, and you can really just reach out to them directly if that feels more comfortable. I love that. And I think that an added layer to this is also that families, I know around here now, the mission of No Foot Too Small has definitely become more known. And I know that there's a lot of advocates too that can also help connect to the organization or to people who have been part of your programs that can give some support and some connection there too. Yes. You know, I think it's important to note that all of the angel ambassadors are lost moms or dads, right? So it's not anybody who hasn't been through what you are also going through. There's so much, like, I just, when I was setting up this discussion today, I was like, there's going to be so much to tap into. There's going to be so many things that we can discuss and we can take this a million ways. So if anybody has questions, you want to follow up on any of these, we will make sure to link to the website, the Facebook page and socials of No Foot Too Small so that it's simply a click away once you are on the podcast. So just go to the show notes and you guys will be able to access that as listeners. Um, Robin, you've mentioned throughout explaining the mission and the various supports, I've heard you talk about key partnerships. And so you've brought up University of Iowa, and I know that you have some other key partnerships as well in the community. We can maybe even go into some of the hospitals that have the birthing and bereavement suites. But when did you start to see that partnerships emerged and people were getting word of No Foot Too Small's mission and wanted to show up to help you guys? Well, the very first time we announced the partnership with the University of Iowa, I mean, everyone just started coming out of the woodwork, right? Local business owners, local businesses. Um, and I don't know what it was. I don't know if, if suddenly because we were partnered with the University of Iowa to build a birthing improvement suite that we were somehow now legitimate or it put us on the map um, or maybe everybody just really likes Iowa Hawkeyes. I don't know, <laughs> but I will tell you that that was the pivotal moment for us. When we partnered with the University of Iowa, and announced the plans to build a birthing and bereavement suite, everything changed. And that's, like I said, when everybody really stepped out to help us. Over the years, we have seen um, so many valuable partnerships emerge, and we're just very grateful for them all. I'm a big believer that every partnership should be a true partnership, right? We should be bringing them value as much as they're bringing us value. So just know that that's very important to me as well. And there's ways that listeners can help support your goals and your missions too. So like when we link to the website, there is a donation option. You can attend these events and you guys also have the love bow line. Can you speak to that a little bit too? Yes. So, um, I alluded to this a little bit earlier, right? Feeling like I didn't have any proof that bow existed. And so in that time after his passing, I spent countless hours searching the internet, right? For that one special piece. What was that one thing that I was going to wear every day that would remind me of Bo? Um, so not only did I spend a lot of time, but I ultimately spent a lot of money on that final piece. And as time went along, I thought, man, if I was doing that, I wonder how many other lost families are doing that. They're just searching for that one special memento. And so we decided to launch Love Bow. It's a collection of angel-inspired jewelry and blankets and you name it. 
uh, with 11% of proceeds going back to Nofa Too Small. So again, whether you've lost yourself and you're looking for something special or you know somebody who's experiencing loss and you just don't know what to give them, um, Love Bow is there to, to really fit that need. I will say that when I left the hospital, hollow, without bow, the only thing I wanted was to crawl in bed with a blanket. I wanted to be wrapped up. I wanted to be warm and cozy. And so um, Love Bow does offer an angel wing blanket that is so soft. It's everybody's favorite. And I honestly believe it is the most comforting piece you could give a grieving friend, family member, you name it. I agree. I have purchased the blanket for friends who have gone through this and it is so beautiful, first of all. And then when you touch it, you just know like the softness and the warmth and the quality. And it's literally and figuratively like wrapping your friend or yourself or your spouse in angel's wings. And it's such gorgeous symbolism. I think it's a beautiful piece that, like you said, is really a a physical way to support someone going through this. Yes, absolutely. Okay, Robin, as an organization that is built on relationships, connection, and interaction, I'm willing to bet that the most recent couple of years have probably been a struggle with the way that the pandemic has affected our ability to gather. So can you touch a little bit on how No Foot Too Small had to adjust to those changes? And what were some of the results that you saw when you made those adjustments? Well, I think everybody got really tired of the word pivot, right? The last, (laughs) (laughs) but when you host effectively 13 weddings every year, right? I always relate them to weddings. It is like, we are hosting these really large gatherings. You have to pivot Um, and you have to pivot for a couple of reasons. First and foremost, those programs and events are about celebrating angels and uniting families, right? If we are taking community away from the families who need it, we're only hurting them actually, right? So, so how do we make these gatherings still safe and acceptable and all of those things? But those programs and events also fund the mission of No For Too Small. So we don't host these. If we cancel these, if we don't follow through, we also don't exist because then we no longer have the funds to exist. So it was a really tough, tough couple of years, but I am stubborn and creative. (laughs) And so really, I mean, there were very few events that we canceled. Well, I'll use blooms and butterflies for an example. Blooms and butterflies, again, you have three to 400 guests. You have kids running around, wanting to play, doing all these things. And I thought, okay, how do we offer this in a way that is acceptable? And so we set it up tailgate style, right? We were outside, each family stayed at their vehicle, but then we still brought them the sidewalk chalk and the bubbles and the face paint and all that so they could do it as a family. That's one simple example. But for every program we hosted, we really did just find a way to pivot because we needed to. The other thing that was really important, um, and I felt like I was preaching so much during those couple of years, is that grief doesn't stop. Loss doesn't stop because the world is shut down. And actually, when you're dealing with something that is already so isolating, and then you're being locked up at home, your family members, your friends can't come over. They can't give you a hug. They can't do any of those things. We know for too small have to find a way to show up, right? So it was, 
it was a challenging couple of years, but I will say I was surprised. I was, I was surprised to see that we still had significant growth during those years. Uh, but again, that goes back to the fact that grief and loss don't stop. I wanted to underscore that, that grief doesn't stop. And even though, like you said, we had all of these challenges, people were still going through loss on such an unimaginable level for our listeners. If you haven't gone through this, like it's really, I mean, the isolation is unimaginable. Um, but I'm so thankful that your organization continued and pushed through and really was able to help so many more families, even during those really trying circumstances. And you made a difference in those lives. It's just, it's just, there's no words for the effect you had on these families. Thank you. You know, I remember when one of my angel ambassadors came to me and said, Robin, I think we need to host virtual support groups, right? So this was March of 2020, right? The world shut down. We don't know how long this is going to go on. We don't know if we can meet in person. We should probably host a virtual support group. And admittedly, I was very resistant because I thought connecting with somebody over a Zoom screen is not the same as sitting next to them, holding their hand, hugging them when they're crying, handing them a Kleenex, right? It's not the same thing. Our virtual moms groups are so popular, right? And people dial in from all over the country, which just blows my mind, right? So I'm glad it was another time. I'm glad I said yes, um, despite my reluctance, because they are so powerful. And in those couple of years, I'll tell you what, some of the hardest stories we heard were from the East Coast, right? Families calling in, moms calling in, talking about delivering that baby with their husband out in the parking lot, right? Because dad wasn't in partner wasn't allowed to come in. I cried harder in some of those virtual groups than I ever have. So yes, the last couple of years were hard, but man, they were necessary. So with, I'm bringing in the, the growth of no foot too small and for lack of a better word, or maybe it's the perfect word, the footprint that you guys have made has really gone beyond Iowa now. And you guys have touch points all across the United States. And can you tell us, has that like kind of shifted your goals or your visions for 2022? Do you have larger scale, further reaching events or programming coming up this year? I think, you know, if I'm really honest, what we are trying to navigate right now is how to scale no foot too small. Mm-hmm. So we are scaling across the state, right? Which is why we have all of these events, all of these support groups spanning the state of Iowa in eight different cities. But what happens when we cross state lines? What happens when we're in Durham, North Carolina? What happens? Um, how do we do that? And so I'm, I'm trying to navigate that because there are so many top teaching institutions, so many women's hospitals are saying, me next, me next, right? We want a birthing and bereavement suite. They are coming out of crisis. And so how do we... How do we do that successfully? I'm not sure I have the right answer yet, um, but we will figure it out. Thank you for sharing that with us. Um, Okay. One more question, and then we will start to wrap up for sake of time. I know, like I said, we could talk forever, but we have to look at the time here. But um, when you look back on the trajectory that your life has taken, 
and Bo's memory and no foot too small. Is there a single moment? I know that this is a big ask, but is there a moment that you think of when you're like, I know that Bo was with me and he has a direct impact on what's happening today? Oh, goodness. I don't know if there's one particular time. There's some stories I could tell you, but we'd be here all day. Um, he's a shyster. He, le- he lets me know all of the time uh, what he thinks I should be doing next um, and that he's here. So I don't know that I can pinpoint it to one time, but he is absolutely leading the way. I knew that was going to be a tough one because I was like, I know that this is going to be a large uh, question of you and right now, but if people who are listening want to reach out to you personally, or they want to connect with no foot too small or support the mission, what are some of the best places that they can go to do that? I would say, feel free to reach out to me personally anytime, right? So whether you want to email me directly, super easy, Robin at nofoottoosmall.org, or just send a message to the Facebook page. I take all of those in and then send them out. So um, I will receive it first. And I'm happy to connect again, like I said, whether that's one-on-one sharing your contact information with an angel ambassador or helping get you information on any of the programs or events. Okay, Robin, we end every interview with what I like to call the small talk round. And these are just rapid fire questions. Take a deep breath. They won't be hard. I promise, but they're just off the top of my head in the moment. Are you ready? Yep. All right. Number one. What is your go-to morning drink? Oh, an iced latte. Ooh, from a particular coffee shop. Do you make it at home? 100% Java house. And if I can pair it with a lemon poppy seed muffin, even better. Oh, I love lemon baked goods. That sounds fabulous right now. All right. Question number two. Is there a book you're currently reading or a podcast that you're currently listening to that you're like, I have to share this with everybody? Actually, the book that I just shared with our leadership meeting last week, or our leadership team, is called Dare to Bloom. And it's really talking about how do we not only bloom where we're planted, right, but bloom in every season that we experience, right? So even in those seasons of struggle, how do we bloom, right? What is the purpose of that season? So it is faith-based, but I would recommend it to anyone. Oh, I love that. All right. Question number three. What is something on your summer bucket list for 2022? Spend more time with my earthly children. Do you guys have any plans or any exciting things coming up? Um, Well, we're actually going to Florida next week. So I'm pretty excited about that. But I often say, you know, I pour so much into Noka too small. I do so much for Bo, uh, but really Bella and Ben deserve just as much time. So really being intentional this summer about how do I take one day a week and really just give all of me to them. I know there's probably a lot of listeners who can empathize with that too, because as someone who has a mission and you're so like, your heart is so connected to that mission, it can be hard to step away from time to time. But I love that reminder that you just gave to be present. And even if it's just one day a week, like be intentional with that time. I love that. All right. Question number four, I love the listeners can't see this, but the space that you're in right now, the vibe of it is just so beautiful. Can you share what is your favorite place to go shopping for? I know, like I said, these are just questions that come to me, but where's your favorite place to shop to like decorate a space? Well, 
when we're working on a budget, uh, when I designed this office space, I really designed it so that it wouldn't feel so much like an office, that it would feel like a living room and a dining room so that when I'm welcoming lost families in, it doesn't feel sterile, right? It feels colorful and light and all of these things. So um, in putting this all together, I ordered just about everything from Wayfair. Love it. All right. Last question. What is your favorite piece from the Love Bow line besides the blanket? Ooh, besides the blanket. Okay. I would say the crystal angel wing earrings probably are my favorite. Oh, I've seen those. And not only are they beautiful in person, but they photograph, like they really stand out. They're a showstopper in photography. Well, they, they do. And honestly, you can dress them down. You can dress them up. Like they're just, they're so versatile. They're easy and they're gorgeous. Well, Robin, thank you so, so much for being so open with your time, your story and your mission today. I know that there are going to be people who come away from this episode changed and hopefully a few people who maybe have a special calling from this episode and they found some support in today's discussion. So thank you. Thank you very much. Hey there, thank you so much for tuning in to another edition of the Small Minded Podcast, the place on the internet where we celebrate small towns, small businesses, and the people who love them. If you enjoyed this episode, we would be forever grateful to have a review of your experience over on iTunes, Spotify, our website, or wherever you tuned in today. And as always, we welcome you sharing this podcast with your friends and family on social. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Small Minded Podcast or at mollyknuthmedia.com slash podcast. Please go out, make today a good one. Take a small step towards a bigger impact. Here's to a life well lived being small minded.